Hey guys, welcome back to the Daily Hustle podcast. This is episode nine. My name's Kelvin. I'm your host, and I'm here today with Elisa Lillycrap. How are you doing, Elisa? Hey, Kelvin. I'm good. Awesome. The main goal today is just to unpack your timeline. Basically, I met Elisa when we were in uni,、um, in first year of uni, which was very, very fun. It was a very interesting encounter, which we'll talk about、um, very soon. But yeah, tell me what you do at the moment, Elisa, and、um, yeah, like what what your what your day to day sort of looks like at the moment. Yeah, so at the moment I'm working at Microsoft,、um, and I'm about eight months enrolled in、uh, my internship. And at the moment I'm working full time,、uh, and I work in the partner ecosystem、uh, in the partner marketing program. And it's been it's been a very very exciting journey so far,、um, yep. and a bit of a jump, a bit of a jump from、uh, Kelvin, what you know I've done previously in startup、yep. worlds.、Um, and so it's been a really cool, different, interesting experience.、There. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, what do you do at Microsoft at the moment? Like, what what does your role sort of entail? Yeah, so at the moment,、um, I'm really fortunate. Where you know, in a big company, I wasn't expecting to get this much autonomy from the get go.、Um, but、awesome. I've been really fortunate to be able to own a few different projects、um, and different、cool. campaigns. And so,、um, my big, big, big focus is on driving, helping to drive partner engagement across our digital communication channels and across a few of the programs and initiatives that we land in Australia.、Mm. Um, and so, it's interesting as well to observe how relations between, like, say, HQ in a big,、yeah. large Organization and being in a subsidiary also works as well because we're more in the business and sales,、uh, yeah, sales business versus say product management or、um, yeah, any of that stuff. Yeah, so still very much in like the business, I guess, development sort of field. But I know, yeah, you mentioned very briefly that you were in the startup space. Um, which is definitely something that I I wanted to delve into, and one of the main reasons why I wanted you to be a guest on this podcast.、Um, we're both the same age, I think. I'm 21. You're 21. 21, yeah. There you go. <laughs>、um, but you've had two startups since since then, like, and and they've they've done very well, and you've been around the world. But just tell me, I guess, like, when you were very very young、um, in primary school, what was sort of like your earliest memories? Oh, earliest memories. Gosh, it's it's、um, <laughs> tapping into my brain there. I think you know what's what's crazy, Calvin, is I was a really shy kid. Really.、Um, For, for a period of my life,、um, I, I would like to think that、uh, I was just、uh, someone that just needed the egg cracked open, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I wouldn't shut up, right? And I think that was the case. I was actually really shy to to the point where I actually remember in、uh, yeah this performing arts school that I went to, and my mom took me. I think when I was five or so,、um, mm. and and I took these ballet classes. I remember the first class. I was so shy. That、really? I I went into the class within five minutes. I ran out crying and <laughs> and and going to my mum saying I don't I don't want to do this anymore. No way.、Um, yeah. <laughs> so、wow. times have changed, I'd say.、Um, yeah. But I think it's it's really interesting because self confidence grows over time,、mm. um, and、uh, and I was really really lucky where I had、um, you know both my parents are super supportive and stuff, and I think they were kind of like you know what we're just gonna if if she doesn't want to do the ballet classes that's okay she can do her own thing <laughs>、um, yeah. and I eventually got back into it、um, a、yeah. couple of years later. Yeah, I But, I remember、um, when we first met.、Um, We had this conversation on the train. I think we were going home from uni,、hmm. yeah, and yeah. you told me that you were you were doing Latin dancing or something, right? Oh yes, I yeah. was. <laughs> 
I did take that up for uh, a little bit of part of my life. I, I, I did it a bit intensively. I think I got so excited, and and it's quite interesting because another another thing that I observe with with my personality from a very young age is novelty is something that just lights me up. Um, it's, right. it's super motivating, and I'm that person that when I get excited about something, I just go all in. Um, to the point <laughs> where Latin dancing is an example. Had never done it before, and then suddenly I'm like spending three hours there three days a week on top yeah. of my part-time job on top of full-time uni on top of trying to do the startup but no i must take time <laughs> three hours a night one of my questions is actually like how do you i think i asked you i was like how do you manage your time like how do you like figure things out and okay. you're like i just do it i'm like all right <laughs> she just does it <laughs> you just rock and roll run with it yeah <laughs> Let's go back to that conversation, or I guess like the topic that you mentioned quickly, just about your parents yeah. um, and them being supportive. I know in my sort of culture, um, like startups and like starting your own business when you're young and stuff like that is mm. very much, I guess, like, I wouldn't say it's looked down upon, but it's sort of like, oh, it's like, it's risky. risky. You want to go down that path. Like, mm. you know, you go to uni, get a good job, and then maybe you can start like sort of exploring stuff. Um, that was definitely how my parents sort of saw my... I guess, like aspirations to become like a personal trainer or a coach as I am now and sort of starting my own mm-hmm. um, Paraline and stuff like that. How, how was that experience for you? What were your parents like? Oh, very similar, Kevin. Very oh, similar. really? No way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, they've always been extremely supportive, but I'll tell you a funny story. So when I was 15 um, mm. and that's when I started to work um, for the first time and I, I was very fortunate when my first job was actually in a startup um, mm. and at the time I hadn't actually told them that I had oh, started really? working there. Yeah, no, oh, I no. that one on the down low. Um, and, you know, what stopped you from wanting to tell them? Um, absolutely. I knew kind of what the reaction would be in, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of going, you're not focusing on your studies, your school, right. you're not, you're not doing this. You don't have time for it. Why are you pursuing this? Um, yeah. and, and so for me, I actually kept it a secret for, wow. for a little bit of time. Um, didn't last long because as an under 18 or 16 year old that can't drive, you kind of need to get a lift sometimes <laughs> to the office. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to, um, I mean, I'd catch public transport and stuff sometimes, but, um, uh, I used to go to the library and, and say that I was studying and then I was really just working, wow. working with the team on the startup. And eventually I did mention it to them. And of course there was pushback. Um, but you know, I think I'm one of those stubborn people that it's, mm. it's like, you know, uh, once you demonstrate the value, they still never a hundred percent see it. Mm. And I think even to this day, what's funny is after going through, you know, working at quite a few different startups yeah. and then trying to do my own, I still think that if I was to say to them, Hey, I want to stop my job at Microsoft and I want to go you know, start something. I mm. think they'll still get that shock of going, ah, I don't know. Um, wow. And I think that's just the conservative values of yeah. um, parents at that age and um, the, the type of era that they grew up in. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, like I've heard a lot of people say who are a lot older, I guess, like who actually understand, I guess, this generation that we're growing up in. Like our parents' generation, they grew up in a world where there was no internet. And when you have internet, then you sort of go towards like the institutions that have been set up for education, which becomes uni. And then when you go through uni, then you get a job. Um, that's mm-hmm. what's seen as like the right thing to do. And I guess like when they can't see the world as the way it is, I guess how we see it, where the internet mm-hmm. is like 
like everything is on the internet these days, then I guess like it comes to a point where they're like, no, like, you know, you can't do that. Or um, I guess like, did you have to do much convincing or did they sort of trust you in, in sort of pursuing what you wanted to pursue? I definitely, you know, had their trust in that okay. sense. And I think that that was the difference that eventually pushed them over the line to say, okay, you know what? Maybe she's just going through a phase. We don't know. <laughs> but, but hey, she, she comes back home yeah. happy, yeah. excited, energized, talking about startup stuff that they had no clue about. And it <laughs> sounded all good, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to, to a certain degree, it, it wasn't like I was going out to parties or something, mm. you know, yeah. I'm coming back from the library learning. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, like I think in, in part, like, as you said, you know, you can't blame them for, for mm. not, you know, not being familiar with this other yeah. world. And I think it's your job as well to try your best. Um, and also know that you can't ever a hundred percent, you know, unless they go through the experience themselves, they yeah. can't ever fully relate. Um, and I think as parents, as long as their kids are happy mm. and, um, you know, they're, they're not on the streets type of thing, I think <laughs> that I'd say mission yeah. accomplished. <laughs> I, I think there's two things that I can sort of mention in that respect. The first is like, um, with people who are fighting those sort of barriers where, for example, their parents might be saying no, or even their friends might be saying no. What I've found has brought me, I guess, um, I guess happiness or fulfillment is just doing what makes me happy. Mm. And as long as I was doing what made me happy and I guess, um, fulfilled my goals or like my vision for what I wanted to become, or I guess like what I wanted to do, that was what, what mattered. Like, it doesn't matter if I wake up at five or like I had to, you know, stay up until 12 or one. I'm sure you've had those experiences before. Um, like that, that shit doesn't matter because you, you're doing something that you love so much and that you enjoy so much that, that you're, it's, it's worth it. And I guess like for people who, who are going through those sort of barriers or doubts in their head or doubts that other people are sort of saying in their ear, um, yeah, it, it's worth the risk and just worth the try to just get out there and do stuff that you love doing and that you're passionate about. Because at the end of the day, like you're going to be working for 80% for you, of your life. And if you can't find or can't follow that sort of passion, then I guess that fulfillment is, is, isn't there. And I think the second thing is what sort of ties into that is surrounding yourself with people who do support you um, and who put their trust in you that you you'll do something with whatever your goals and aspirations are. Because mm. I know that for a lot of people who are, I guess, like from an Asian cultural, um, I guess you can relate as well. Like their parents push back a lot, right? It's like, you got to study, you got to go through uni, you got to get a job. Um, but obviously like your parents, they want the best for you. Um, and the reason why they say it is because they care for you. Um, and I I've sort of, done a lot of reflection lately and there's this quote that I've sort of made um mm. if I can say that where like the people who care about you the most may potentially hurt you the most yeah um because their thoughts or their opinions is what you care about the most because you know they, they mean so much to you and I think yeah it, it's tough when when people who like for example your parents or even like you know someone that was your best friend or something doesn't really support your your goals and aspirations fully but yeah ultimately like if you do surround yourself by supportive people and sort of supportive friends um who who go yeah do it like you, it looks like you love it looks like you have a true passion for it like mm -hmm. i support you and what you do um yeah. i think that's really really valuable yeah 100%. and and on that note as well i say 
So in terms of venturing off into kind of where the, the real career journey started for me, when I was 15 and, and when I landed my first job, who started off as being my first boss, became my first mentor. Hmm. Um, and then she's basically family now, um, you know, six years later, how crazy is that? And it was because of her belief in me, even though I had literally nothing, yep. no experience, no skill sets. It was because of her faith in my abilities and my potential that just fueled everything and made every single resistance perfectly fine. And it's one of those things where I think there's so many, so many incredible people in in um, out there that are really, really young. Yeah. And maybe they come from low socioeconomic areas, right? And and they don't really have the, the best education. They don't have the most supportive teachers. Um, and sometimes it's just one teacher one person that can make the biggest of a difference yeah. and open their eyes up. And, yeah. and that was, that was, um, you know, my mentor for me um, growing up and stuff. So uh, it, it's absolutely makes a difference. Yeah, and, sure. and, and sometimes it's just, it's, it's quality. It's yeah. not quantity, right? Yeah, definitely. I agree. <laughs> so tell me about this whole mentor and like how you, you mentioned that you were 15. Um, that means you're in year 10. Tell me about high school in general. Um, what were you like in high school? I know that you were school captain, I think. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess like, what, what were you like in your junior years to start off yeah. with? And then obviously that experience in year 10 when you were 15 and like HSC and everything. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's go through it. Yeah. Okay. So off the bat, I was definitely not a child genius. I, I think it's one of those, I'll, I'll, I'll cancel that stereotype because I think whenever you think about people, and I used to think this, right, mm. about some of my friends um, where they, they would start a business or start a startup young and you'd be so intimidated going, oh my God, you're under 18. You started a startup. Yeah. You must be some child prodigy. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, and, and so growing up, I, I would say in my junior years I was very very average I mean I I wanted to do well um I I felt like I always had a really really good um work ethic that was honed in on me from like both of my parents as well and I mean I still remember even being in year six for goodness sake and all the other kids would go off to break time and I would be like no let me finish off my coloring in or something like that and <laughs> I, you know and, and I take the work home even though wow. it wasn't homework so I was a bit of a weirdo um <laughs> but but yeah and and come I think about um you know I was coming out of my shell around that time too um and I had a really really great group of friends um and then yeah so it was about year nine year ten that things started shifting and I started being a lot more proactive um with with the career side and actually thinking about it and when the opportunity came up through my school and and I didn't go to, you know, an extravagant school. I went to a public school and I'm actually very, very grateful for that because, um, uh, you know, growing up, I, I went to a primary, uh, a private Catholic school. Um, and I think going into, to, you know, public school as well, you're exposed to a lot more different types of individuals, mm. and different experiences, and you, you understand the challenges specific yeah. to these communities that they face um mm. you know they don't have the lavish stuff and you meet as well other classmates that have you know really really inspiring stories and really hard stories that they've gone through mm. um and so it does open your eyes and you become a lot more grateful um and yeah and I guess from that leadership program it, it that's when the whole like internship started to happen and um and for me the I guess like the mindset that I always took on was to, to be really open-minded. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't think anyone, even for someone like me, I was, I was that person that was like, yeah, in five years time, I want to do this in 10 years time. I want to do that. And I think it was in year nine or year eight during one of the careers classes that, that we all had to do. Yeah. I remember the careers teacher saying, oh, what, what do you people want to do? And I shot my hand up and I said, a market research analyst. Oh, really? <laughs> What's that? And I said, <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like, well, it gets 360K a year, according to Indeed.com. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it's one of those moments where you just, I mean, it's a cringy moment as heck. But, um, but you know, that was kind of an indication of my personality back then. And, um, and hitting into my senior years, you know, I think having that experience in um, being off into the real world. I, I loved it. It gave me a whole new mm. perspective. I was so excited just to finish high school. And yeah. um, I, I still remember when I was like 16 or something, I used to go out to a bunch of networking events, like free ones mm. off like Eventbrite or meetups.com. Yep. And that really opened my eyes because I just met like all of these different people learning about these different things across the different industries and about technology um, and startup world that, that I had never heard of before. Yeah. None of my classmates knew about it. And I would come to school going, oh, my God, do you guys know about this cool thing? <laughs> they'd be looking at me like, what What are you saying? No one <laughs> no one wants to listen. No. <laughs> um, so it was it was a really interesting time. And, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, hitting about, like, final year of school, um, you know, that's – and going back to your earlier point about, um, you know, conservative values from family and stuff, mm. I was forced to stop working to start right. doing my extracurriculars. And I was, you know, I used to train about like 12 hours a week or so um, with dancing and yeah. uh, and I had to stop all of that. And right. so here I was for the first time in a while, yeah. just focusing on studies. I, I wasn't familiar with that at all um, <laughs> in HSC. Um, and yeah, and so I, I realized that, hey, I don't want to box myself in. So as soon as HSC was over, I left, I went back into the world, started working again. Yeah. Um, and I was really proactive. I was very much, um, about how can I set myself up for the future? I was yep. always thinking about not just one or two steps ahead. I was always trying to think five to 10 steps ahead. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and so all these sort of thoughts and ideas, how, how did they develop in your mind? Like, was it anyone in particular that was sort of like, oh yeah, like you should think about this or like, there's this opportunity there, or mm. was it just, you just just being open-minded and I guess what even started that open-mindedness was it your parents or how did that happen mm, that's uh it's I mean to go to the question of why maybe I'm so open-minded um because it absolutely has been something natural to my personality yeah, right. or mm -hmm. like from a very young age so I guess um yeah definitely growing up I think uh the fact that parents never said you need to do this. And mm. I think it's different in the sense of you know, most traditional Asian families, they, they might say the parents will just say from a very young age, this is the role that you must take on. Yeah. This is the type of career you must take on versus framing the conversation as, you know, Hey, like, like go out there, go kill it at whatever you do. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, you try to be the best at it or you yeah. try to do your best and mm. I will be here to support you. That's a mm. very different conversation. And so I think because of more of the latter questions being asked, it made me, you know, it made me want to arrive at the answer mm. versus the answer being enforced on me. Yeah, that's that awesome. Sense. I think it's very important, not just as a parent, but also ourselves, um, talking to ourselves or even talking to our friends, going, hey, like, 
this is an opportunity um, and not really putting answers to every question, but just asking questions, being curious. I don't think it's a very important value, especially when you're trying to venture into whatever, like the startup space or even whatever passions you want to sort of go through. Um, but tell me more about this U10 experience with this specific person you mentioned before, who's become your mentor and, and you've stayed in touch with. Uh, it sounds like they were very influential to your life. How did you meet them and sort of like what happened there? Yeah. So um, I met uh, this woman and uh, and I'll put a name to, to the person. So her name's Christina. And um, and I met her in year nine um, doing a leadership program run through my school. Uh, and then what happened was about six months after the program had finished, you know, I reached out to her to see how she was going. And that kind of led to the first coffee chat. Okay. And from one thing led to another and a few, quite a few coffee chats later. Um, now I was at an age where I was in U10 and work experience was actually a compulsory thing to do yeah. it for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I brought that into the conversation and, and kind of these weekly catch-ups with her turned into this weekly coaching career advice. Wow. Um, and, and eventually I mentioned the work experience and I ended up landing, you know, doing it for a week at um, her company, which was the social enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started off, what started off as one week turned into a 12 month internship. Wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. And I was very, very lucky um, to have even gotten that. And the thing is um, it, it started off just simply building a relationship and having a conversation. And I had no expectations whatsoever. And the reason why um, she's been incredibly pivotal in my life is because she was the one that opened me to the world of startups, opened me right. to the world of business. Yeah. Um, and she was the one that took her faith put it on some random 15 year old kid who had <laughs> no experience whatsoever, no yeah. skill sets, nothing on the resume, just, yeah. um, just someone that was willing to learn. Right. Mm. And to be open-minded about, mm. about what's to come. Yeah. And so she took me under her wing and it was the most incredible thing. Like I, I remember as a 15 year old kid, I, I was so excited just to walk to school and, and, and during those very, very boring classes, I would whip out my laptop and I would feel so, so good about being able to send an email through <laughs> and being able to use Slack as well. Or, or, um, and so it was a great time and, and she's been absolutely momentous. And even, even today, you know, yeah. we have a very good relationship. Um, you know, I consider her family mm, um, that's and crazy. That's later. So yeah. it's, crazy how these things happen and she's always been there to you know ask questions um Mm. and 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 that i think is something that i found across you know multiple mentors that i've had in in my life and um incredible managers too they ask more questions than they do give you answers so that's awesome and so um what sort of got you to message her in the first place um you mentioned that it was six months after the program finished um she probably you know, left some sort of impact on you. What, what, what sort of happened there? It was actually because, um, so they were running the program again. So when, when I did it, it was a pilot. So we were ah, I see. Pigs. and then when it was run again, um, I was kind of like, ah, oh, why is, why is she not here? Why is she ah, not here? Right. Um, and that's how it started. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, and, and it's, it's an interesting, uh, lesson as well, I think. Um, and something that she also taught me where I remember going to like my first cool business conference, I thought that was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, and there was a main speaker and then there was his assistant 
Um, right. Now, his personal assistant was the one that was busy doing a lot of the admin work, checking people in. Um, and I remember very clearly, it was about an eight-hour conference. Whoa. There was one break in the middle of the day, like a lunch break, and the speaker had finished and said, you know, if you guys have any questions, feel free to come up. Everyone swarmed him, everyone. Okay. No one went up and was talking to the personal assistant. Right. And um, at the time, so so Christina told me this, we went over to uh, the cupcake store. We bought some cupcakes. We came back and we, we gave it to the personal assistant and wow. said, like, hey, like, you know, everyone's busy talking to, to the speaker, but yeah. hey, like, how are you? you? You've done an amazing job in setting this up. And, yeah. and we started the conversation mm. and just the simple gesture of thinking about someone, especially when, you know, they're not the, the ones that are at the front mm. and everyone kind of swarms to and these people are the most influential people as well, because what followed through was um, follow up conversations and meetings with the speaker because, you know, she meant his schedule. Wow. So it yeah. just, you know, and, and that's not to say don't go after them for the purpose of a business objective or whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah. but, the, but the lesson is like, you don't know who you're going to meet. Yeah. And the best thing that you can do is just to hone in and develop those relationships. Mm. Um, and with anyone that's wonderful, anyone that aligns to your values and you connect with, like nurture that relationship. And you, you don't know, like go with the flow type yeah. of thing. And you never know what will come out. Yeah, 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, in I think lockdown, uh, for context, we're in lockdown at the moment, if anyone's like watching this video in the future. <laughs> but um, I hope... We haven't gone through another lockdown if you're watching this at the moment. Um, but I think what, what I've sort of done throughout lockdown is actually get in touch with friends and, and sort of build relationships a lot better. I feel mm. like when I wasn't, um, when, when lockdown wasn't happening, I was so busy, caught up with work and just like, I mean, I was in uni last year still. Um, and I didn't really put much effort into building and nurturing these relationships, but people who, you're right, people who sort of align with your values and your goals and being able to, I guess, develop these relationships actually have a lot of value. And um, being able to nurture these relationships, I think, have have shown me the, I guess, the ability for people to actually understand and sympathize and also mm -hmm. support you. Um, and just having one person there who says, like, just do it. Or, or just saying like I believe in you has a lot of of influence and impact on you which is awesome definitely yeah that's awesome that's an awesome story and I think like you're still in touch with them now which is really really amazing M moving on though from there in terms of like high school and going mm -hmm. into uni um so basically we met through uni like we mentioned earlier um tell me about the experience of us meeting and I guess how it sort of felt or looked from your perspective because i know like how i felt um which i'll explain after you tell everyone how your experience was <laughs> oh okay oh it was horrible was that no oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> regret it <laughs> no it was great it was um you know obviously we 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 had met through um you know one of my closest closest friends um bestest friends from university yeah. um and she introduced us and and i think it was it was us three um plus alex um and and you guys had all gone on this program to china and yeah. i remember thinking um I was excited, you know, yeah, really. I, I felt like I didn't shut up that day. Um, that's <laughs> what I kind of remember again. 
Um, and, and, and maybe you guys got a bit scared of me or something, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I know that it was, you guys were talking about your trip to China and kind of learnings from that. And I was just thinking, you know, how awesome it was. Um, because at the time I hadn't actually gone overseas much myself. So I was looking at you guys going, oh yeah, like, Uh (laughs) let me do what they're doing. This is pretty cool and fun. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Well, (laughs) Um, very funny story. So the, the the friend that you mentioned, her name's Aileen. Um, so shout out to Aileen for, for I guess, like making this happen. But Aileen, she knew about what I had done in high school. I, I was school captain and um, like I, I did a lot of like leadership stuff and she was raving on about you. She was like, oh my God, you're going to love her. Like you guys are going to like really click and like I'm so excited for you guys to meet her and stuff. Um, and so Aileen, she's known to be very energetic um and, and she was like no trust me like elisa like when you meet her she's even more energetic than me and i was like how can someone possibly be more energetic than aileen um and then i met you and i was like she was right this is a lot this is a lot it was so funny seeing you two together and like screaming and like not caring about anything that was happening around you guys um and just like yeah you guys together is just like a God, it's scary. It's like <laughs> it's out. like two stars like colliding and like exploding. Um, but it was very very interesting for me. Um, I, <laughs> I just sometimes I think about it and just think like I'm I'm grateful that I lived through that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yeah, no, it was it was really awesome meeting you. And I guess like what you were saying before, how like you just meet random people in life. Um, and it, it's come to us recording a podcast now, which is, which yeah. is really awesome. There you go. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's, that's where the good stuff comes from. Yeah, so. that's it. So uni, I know that you've done a lot in the past, I guess like three, four years. Um, you've had two startups now, you've won a few prizes, you went to Dubai, you went to India, you went to London, just to name a few things that you've done. Um, <laughs> but let's start from the start. What happened in first year? What was that like for you? Yeah, so first year was interesting. So obviously after HSC, I mentioned like I, I kind of went full out and I was like, nah, I, I, time to get like, you're in the real world now, you're out of the high school bubble. Yeah. Um, and that was where I met at one of the networking events. I, I met my first co-founder and what came from that was um, us uh, building um, a startup together. And and there was about a 10-year age gap as well, by the way. Wow. Um, so it's pretty, you know, amazing to, to learn from someone who is much older as well. How, how did he see you as like a, someone fresh out of high school and him like with 10 years of like 10 years on you? Number one, how did you, I guess, prove yourself to him? Um, mm. Because I feel like that age sort of being under 21 um, is very in the startup space or in the business space. Like people don't take you seriously, which is what yeah. I've sort of experienced. Mm. Um, and two, like, how did that relationship work? How, how did that work? Mm, it was, it was, I am very, very grateful for that relationship. Um, my, my first co-founder, he was, it was interesting because I think it was more of a concern on my end than it was mm. for him. Wow. Actually. Okay. Um, and, and it got to a point where even when it came to talking about you know, equity agreement, for example, mm. Um, I remember thinking, oh, you know, like, please do 70% and I'll, I'll only do 30%. Like, I don't think I deserve anything equal. He was the one to say, no, we're in this together. It's an equal, equal fit. And, um, and I think, uh, in, in terms of 
maybe what he saw in myself. Um, gosh, I don't want to sound like self-bragging or anything, but I, I think it was um, the energy, the passion. Um, and it's it's why, for example, even in big companies, like, like at Microsoft, for example, where I'm at now, why they hire, you know, mm. like interns and high yeah. graduates that are that are quite young in the business into fairly senior roles, um, and it's because they like bring that that sense of um, energy and motivation and uh, out of box thinking. I would say, yeah, um, the fact that you're coming from a fresh start, a fresh brain, you see things very very differently. You see yeah. things in opportunities and being able to connect so many different pieces of information um, mm. and you're a sponge, you know, you're at yeah. the prime age of being able yeah, to learn right. and do things really quickly. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that like would have been a big part. Um, but yeah, interesting enough um, that we had a great dynamic, you know, we, we would be bantering um, <laughs> each week and stuff and, yeah. Um, yeah. and, you know, we, we knew each other's families very well. Um, and I think it's rare to find those type of relationships where, mm. You know, irrespective of such a, a large uh, kind of enforced, um, you know, dynamic mm. 10 year age gap, um, mm. you know, not once did I feel like it was, you I felt equal. young. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Just meeting people like that is really, really valuable um, because people who, I guess, see opportunities in, in people who aren't the typical business owner or like the startup founder, I think has a lot of value. And I guess for people who are, who are listening, maybe who um older or um even younger like don't for the younger people i guess don't don't discount yourself don't um sell yourself yeah. short um of of all these opportunities like you may be young but i think a lot of young people and i mean we're still young too like we have mm. uh, i think we have a lot of potential because of the passion and energy so like mm. don't discount yourself and don't sell yourself short whenever you're in those sort of situations opportunities and i guess for older people don't look down on us man like we may be young but um <laughs> like I, I think that you and I both have a lot of ideas and I think a lot of other young people like just the, the way that we absorb stuff as and, and become a sponge and just take all these different ideas from everyone. Um, and we haven't developed our own bias yet. Like we, we haven't, I guess, like seen enough to be like, oh, like this is how I think this should be mm-hmm. because we're always in that sort of learning mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like if we keep that sort of learning mindset going um, throughout our whole lives, like we'll, we'll stay in that sort of, I guess, yeah, mindset. Yeah. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with with starting your startup, what was the journey like? Was it hard? Was it easy? What were key memories or things that you 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 think about when you think about starting your first startup? Mm, key memories was trying to hack it, uh, the free Wi-Fi in cafes. <laughs> no way. Honestly, that was one of my biggest memories. <laughs> no, but it was it was great. I think um, for me, I always saw it, and and this is interesting. I never saw it as um, I want to make this the, the biggest possible startup in business, right? Um, actually, my biggest motivation was how much can I learn um, mm. doing this? Yeah. I want to learn by doing. I actually want to experience it um, because, again, going back to what I was saying, my, my mind was going in, in three to five years' time, what skills do I want developed? What type of people, what type of network do I want to have? Mm. And what I saw was, I'll give you an example, in entrepreneurship, in, in, in building a startup, you have to learn the art of pitching, right? That's that's yep. one of many different skills that you need to learn. And by pitching, I don't just mean a formal like standout presentation. I mean, pitching your ideas, convincing investors, convincing customers, convincing mm. 
um, potential partners, other organizations, you're constantly trying to sell your idea, right? Um, Especially when you're early stage and you haven't um, got that huge like like clientele base or um, track record. Um, And so I I built up my initial network through that and I knew that would happen. Um, And so I I treated everything like, what can I learn um, uh, from this versus, you know, hey, it's just only about money. It's only Mm. about we need revenue. And that's the difference. And I think many people, you know, there are different motivations. And for me, like most most people who might start it, say at a later age, they're doing Mm. it because they're trying to, genuinely turn over revenue maybe make it the biggest company ever Mm. um whereas for me it genuinely just was about hey like i want an excuse to build up and and connect with these investors (laughs) what's the best way right um and and i'm really grateful for that opportunity of course towards the end it got really hard and there were absolutely moments where i think when you're so young dealing Mm. with all of this ambiguity with very still limited work experience Mm. 99.9% 99.9% of the time you're trying to Google it going, what, what is this? How do I do this? Yeah. Uh, how do I, how do I do something as simple as like build a chatbot on the website yeah. or something, especially coming from a non-technical background. Mm. And I was very fortunate when my co-founder did bring in that expertise. So I was learning stuff from him mm. um, and it almost felt like I could walk into conferences and events and, um, and even pitch events as well um, with, with that confidence, with my co-founder by my side as well. And yeah. I think that really gave me a confidence boost um, mm. and it, it opened up so many opportunities to me yeah. in that first year. That's awesome. Um, the, the thing that you mentioned that really resonated with me was starting your business out of like passion or out of a sort of learning mindset. Honestly, for me, the way I see business is it's just another format or another way to express your passions and just to do what you love. Um, and for me, throughout high school, I've always thought of the idea of just helping people. Like I've always wanted to help people. That was my underlying value. Um, that's what I've always wanted to do with my life. And I guess when I started going to the gym and I started seeing like I, I had a personal trainer, I started seeing what he was doing. Um, mm. And I was like, it just seemed like the perfect thing because one, you know, I get to pursue my passion of health and fitness and two, I get to run my own business, which actually helps people. Um, and I think because of that passion and that, I guess, just that love and that value of being able to help people, um, it, it's brought me to where I am now where I'm, I'm able to impact people in a way where, you know, it's not just their fitness that changes, but also I get to change their whole lifestyle and their whole mindset. It's testament for just following your passions and starting businesses out of passion and love rather than out of, I guess, just money. Um, Because I've never seen like a a business where the founder or the owner isn't passionate about what they do, but is making a lot of money. Like the people who are successful are the people who love what they do and are passionate. And when you don't have that love or passion, you're, you're not going to stay up until like 1, 2, 3 a.m. or th- do all-nighters. Um, you're not going to wake up at 5, 4, 5 a.m. to, you know, for me in my case, to get to the gym to, to coach clients and train clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've seen that in, in your sort of experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, just to add on to that, I think it's also okay to just love the process like that's also a part of it It, I think um 
uh, one of the misconceptions is, you know, when we think about the advice of, you know, do what you love to do, um, and especially in the worlds of entrepreneurship and building your own startup, caring about the problem is so very important. But equally, there have also been very successful founders that have actually um, just loved the process of building stuff. Mm, they yeah. love the process of building an amazing product that delivers value to their customers. Yeah. They love the process of, you know, actually just making money. And, and it, it, <laughs> yeah. it isn't just necessarily for their own benefit, but just yeah. the process of mm. doing business, making a sale, the excitement that you feel. Um, and, and that is equally as well valuable. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. And when I first started, um, as a personal trainer, I, I had no sales experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tell this to every trainer who starts and like the people that I mentor now, um, to become trainers. I told them like personal training honestly is 90% sales and 10% actually training people because if you can't make a sale, uh, you can't get clients, you're not going to train anyone. Um, and so for me, when I first started like that whole sales, uh, learning how to, how to, you know, do sales and how to pitch to people and how to communicate to people, um, was like mind boggling. I was like, how the, like, how do I do this? (laughs) How do I convince someone to like train with me, me like at, at that time I was what, a 19 year old who like, has it done shit? Like, how do I do that? But you're right, like, just trusting the process. And, like, for me, every sale was just, like, a fuck, like, this is awesome, man. Like, mm-hmm. I love sales. Like, I really want to just be able to impact their lives. Um, and, yeah, like, you, you're right. I guess trusting the process and just lo- loving that process of learning and failing and, um, you know, learning from your failures um, is equally as important as that sort of passion and that drive as well. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's your first startup. Your first startup, what was it called? And what was the premise of it? Yeah, so um, it was actually focusing on humanizing the whole travel experience and making it more authentic, which is ironic in a COVID era where we can't travel. But um, it worked but, yeah. at the time. <laughs> at the time, at the time, it was relevant. Yes, yeah, so it was a big deal. <laughs> awesome. And so, um, what what caused you? Because I know you you stopped it um, at in the end. Um, yeah. What led to its, I guess, like um, what would you say, like a closure or like a yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the end, I think it's one of those things where um, I eventually realized that, yes, I loved the notion of travel. I believed in the vision of, um, and I take this type of vision with everything, right, in bringing greater authenticity, bringing in a more humane experience to everything we do. Traveling, the, the travel industry was just one industry lens and application of that fundamental concept, which mm. I've carried through everything that I've done. Okay. Um, and in the end, however, I just felt um, that, you know, it, it came to a point where the opportunity cost I felt was higher. Um, and the opportunity cost was to try something different. And I guess a part of my personality, I I love change, weirdly enough. Um, I love novelty. I love different experiences. And yeah. I think at that point, a year and a half later, hmm. I felt like that I had taken the learnings, like the 80% of learnings, right, um, that, that, that I had. Um, and it was at a point where I wanted to 
try something new. Mm. And that, I guess, led to, um, you know, me working in a uh, different startup. And that was absolutely incredible. Um, Their growth just absolutely soared um, and they've done extremely well. Um, And that was a really fast paced environment. And, um, and that really excited me. Uh, Mm. And so, yeah, like, I guess it was just a matter of exhausting your learnings at a particular point. And of course, you can keep going. But it's, it's, it's also an important skill to know, when to stop mm. um, and when you're starting to hit your limits and because what you observe in yourself is your motivation starts to starts to deplete yep. you, you, it's not about being excited all the time but you do need a sense of like hey i i really see this going far i yep. believe in it and then asking yourself am i willing to sacrifice xyz yeah. to keep this going and yeah. at that point i just wasn't i wanted to try something different mm. was that mutual with your co-founder yeah, so at that point, I think, um, you know, we had a few conversations. Um, and so it wasn't like one day I just whipped out the door and said, Later. Like, ah, can't do it, <laughs> can't do it. Um, and so uh, after a few conversations, like we we, we decided to agree that um, the, the closeout would be for him to actually um, take on a part of it um, and merge it into one of his existing businesses um, because he had previously worked in the travel industry for about 10 years. Mm. Um, and so it's one of those things where I was more than happy to kind of just see it, see it still looked um, and, and, and cared for yeah. um, for a bit of time. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I guess, like the, the, what's the right sort of term? Closeout? Yeah, yeah, we'll say yeah. closeout. Yeah, closeout. <laughs> in, in terms of the closeout of the um, startup, was there was it very emotional for you like what i've been reflecting on recently um is i guess separating logical thoughts with emotional thoughts mm. i think as humans we have two sources of thinking um one is from the brain and one is from the heart and the brain is where logical thoughts come from which basically lead you towards like what you think is i guess the right decision or the right direction to head in in considering all the circumstances and your heart comes through with emotions which sort of like sway or I guess like sort of move that line around in terms of like making a logical decision um what was it like for you was it a very emotional sort of thing Mm, to be honest it actually wasn't I wouldn't say the act of closure was emotional what was emotional was the reflections of it uh, coming afterwards um so making that transition I think the the emotional part came in when I started you know doubting myself um, and thinking, you know, seeing it as a failure. Mm. And, you know, when you start that conversation with yourself, you start to think, you know, what could I have done? Um, why why did I stop this after only a year and a half? Is it because, you know, I didn't do my job very well? Or what was it, right? Um, and so that was the part where I think you start to to take on that introspective, reflective self um, mm. that isn't very constructive all the time, <laughs> um, and and you know get you to think about what went wrong I see. or what could you do better. And I guess reframing that conversation with that last question of just saying, you know what what can I learn from this experience? Mm. It's not necessarily a failure. It's just one of the greatest learnings. And I'm so grateful for this experience because, you know, doing it now, it's given me a certain perspective that I'll carry over for the next startup and the next one. And then who knows what else to come, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because um, with 
with, I guess, like a decision like that, it seemed like it was a very logical decision. You mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, took into account all those circumstances and said, okay, this seems like the right thing to do. Um, but then when you reflected on it, it was like, oh shit, like, you know, did I do something wrong? Um, mm-hmm. Was that a whole, I guess, like, was it a period where you felt like really, I guess, sad or like depressed or, or was it just sort of like thoughts in your mind, which you would sort of def- deflect and sort of move on? Mm. Uh, absolutely like there was like a time period and and I think um a similar time period that I faced um I know we haven't spoken about it yet but it was after um at the end of 2019 um and I know we were talking about this before Kelvin um before we started recording but you know the whole journey of in one year period just being on constant highs like yeah. co- like every single month there was some big crazy thing um that happened yeah. um you know it started off in india and then mm. going to the us and then getting into this program and and going to the uk competition wins blah blah blah, blah. yeah you know and then i come back to sydney at the end of the year and i'm thinking what did i do this year i didn't do anything <laughs> what what did i genuinely accomplish because yeah. I think a big part of me felt like all I was doing was what I wasn't working most Mm. of the time. I mean, I was, I was working on the second startup, but then when I looked at, you know, it it just felt like a lot of superficial achievements to me, honestly. Um, And I felt like, you know, I had an amazing fun time, but what did I actually do? Um, and so it was really hard. And I think part of that, honestly, on a pragmatic level, it did not help to see my bank account going negative, <laughs> negative, negative, negative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's hard because I remember thinking at the time period, um, why am I tying my value to, um, to save money in the bank? for example. And Mm. at that time, a lot of my friends had, uh, you know, like, like built up themselves up and, uh, and I felt like almost, wow, I was behind, you know, he, he, my friends are about to graduate, you know, they've landed grad roles. Um, and what, what did I do? I, I I dropped, I I quit uni for a bit for a year. (laughs) I felt like the biggest dropkick ever. And, um, and yeah, it was a serious thing where in the last couple of months, I felt like I had just wasted almost a year. Wow. Um, and that was not, that was not a fun, fun time period. And that was honestly one of my biggest lows wow. um, in, in, in my life. Um, and it's crazy because you're like, this girl's crazy. Like she's yeah. been on these constant highs. Mm. What do you mean? She, you know, feels, she felt feels sad. Tired. What? <laughs> and, yeah. And it was to a point where I wouldn't, I wouldn't wake up. Like I'd be wow. in my bed and yeah. I, I did not have any motivation to get up and stuff. And it was because as well, I didn't have a job. I didn't have uni. I had quit uni for the rest of the year. So my friends were still studying, um, you know, at the time as well. Yeah. Like, like uh, my co-founders and I, um, with the second startup, you know, they were based overseas and I was the only one in Sydney. So in terms of that support as well and the motivation, you know, it definitely reduces when you don't have your team around you. Um, And we were so, I think, a bit burnt out from everything that we were doing before. Um, But yeah, I felt absolutely useless. Mm. I felt like, what was I doing with my life? And that was for a couple of months. 
Wow. Like when I think about your story, um, basically when I found out about what you'd done during that year, um, you made a massive Facebook post about it, like what you did in like the past 12 months and stuff. And I was like, wow, she's done something awesome. Like she's amazing. Like that's so cool. I want to do stuff like her. I had no idea you're going through these emotions. Um, and that's crazy because like the media portrays all these like startup founders and stuff like they, they, they do awesome and they have these massive wins and like, you know, every month, like you said, was like a, a new highlight and stuff. But like these are very, very true and raw emotions that um, people don't really see, right? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah and were you somewhat maybe like this is just an assumption or just like I guess a question were you somewhat like embarrassed to to be in that sort of like I guess mindset or state from where you were before yeah I, I absolutely think that's the case I think that plays a role um where you know in part when you're and it's interesting because um irrespective of the accomplishments and stuff, you know, obviously it projects a certain image and perception to other individuals. And, mm. you know, uh, for me, I could already sense that there was a certain expectation mm. coming from me. And so when it comes to, you know, not necessarily like showcasing the other side to it, the dark side and, um, and yeah, like I think nowadays it's much better in terms of everyone like encouraging each other to be more vulnerable and yep. to, to share this other side. <clears throat> um, even at Microsoft as well, like they're, they're really great um, at focusing on well-being, um, okay. genuinely caring. And so I think, yeah, absolutely. My close friends knew about it, but most people didn't. Yeah. Um, and it, it just goes to show, and this is something that, that everyone faces um, where you go, you're a normal human being. Yeah. You're you're going through those lows. Um, the difference is some people just keep on going, um, and and it's not whether or not the lows happen. Of course they happen. Mm. Um, but but the difference is persistence um, mm. and grit, right? Um, but yeah, so that was that was a tough period. That was a tough period. But I think um, what I had learned for myself was personally there's a boundary of risk and it's so easy to throw out, throw out the advice of go out there, be naive or don't be naive, but take risks and stuff. But, but the reality is we all have our um, boundaries to that. Right. And for me, what I realized is me being in a negative bank account, like, yes, I believe so strongly in uh, the startup that I was working on. Um, I, I really cared about the problem, but even then for me, it was really hard to, um, you know, associate value to what I was, um, you know, to, to, to my own self-worth, put it that way. Wow. Um, and that's what I strongly connected it to. And so that was a really good learning for me because I'm like, okay, look, like in the future, I know that um, for me, I still need some level of stability. I yep. can't go in, you know, absolutely broke. Like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. And, you know, it's it's hard when you have to say, ask your parents for money mm. because, you know, it makes you feel absolutely awful. Um, and and I, I remember having this conversation with my co-founder as well. Um, and, yeah, like I think it's just being able to understand your own boundaries um, and what what won't compromise too much on your own well-being as well, irrespective of, you know, how passionate and how excited you are yeah. about about the um the problem or the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, when they look at the startup, I guess, world, it's, it's like, yeah, you have this passion, like, just do it. And like, even if you're broke, it doesn't really matter. And just like <laughs> stay up all night and just work on it. 
But then like so many people come out of it like broken because they're like, they're not earning any money. They're not sleeping much. They're not eating very good food. They're not exercising. Um, And everyone's just like broken and and jagged pieces. Um, So like, thank you for being so raw about those emotions and being so vulnerable. I I really respect that Um, because I feel like a lot of people need, need to hear it more often that, you know, um, despite you doing all the stuff that you've done before, um, you're sad sometimes and it's perfectly fine to be like that because those are real emotions that humans feel. And if you didn't, then you wouldn't, you'd be a robot. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Um, but let's, let's transition to talking about the highs that you mentioned. So you, you ended your first startup and then there was this big, like, from what I see in my perception is like this explosion of just like you dropping out of uni, like doing all these awards and stuff and like told me through what happened. This was 2019, right? So what yeah. would have been your second year of uni, but you didn't yeah. do that because you dropped out. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, so I'll give a quick spill. Um, so end of 2018. So at that time, first year uni was working in the first startup, was managing a part-time job um, and full-time uni towards the end of the year, um, stopped um, the part-time job. Um, and then took on a new role um, at a company called Inside Sherpa. And uh, and so what they do is they run um, virtual internships um, with a lot of enterprise enterprise organizations. And I was there for about five or so months. And that was an incredible opportunity. I was learning from absolute guns um, and they're doing extremely well today. Um, And then what happened was that took me into the start of 2019. um, And I think about February time period or so, Um, I ended up uh, landing an opportunity to go to India Mm. Um, and that was a program that was being run between the Australian government and the Indian government in trying to invest um, uh, more funds into the innovation sector and building those relations between the two countries. So I ended up going to India for two weeks um, and then I uh, stopped my role at Inside Sherpa once I had found out um, that I ended up uh, getting into the regional rounds of this competition called Hope Prize. Um, and that's a global social enterprise competition. Um, and they work together with the United Nations Foundation, Bill Clinton Foundation. Um, and uh, they get university students across the world to solve like uh, these really big social problems. Um, and so my team uh, had gotten into the, uh, the regionals at, in Dubai. Uh, we wow. self-funded that trip. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so we went off with no expectations whatsoever. And, um, and we ended up like, like doing really well. We placed first out of 70 teams and there's wow. about 30 regions, yep. regionals. Um, and then, uh, the team that, um, you know, wins each regionals, they then get flown, um, and, uh, participating in the accelerator component based in mm. London. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, yeah, in that time period, um, you know, had come back to Sydney after India, then not long after, went off to Dubai, had a really great win there. Then I was off to the US and I got into a really great program um, at Stanford, um, was there, made some incredible, met some really, really great people um, who I'm really good friends with today as well. And uh, and then, yeah, and I, I spent a couple months in the US traveling um, and then I came back to Sydney and I did not have much money. <laughs> what was the idea if I, if I could um, just sort of delve into that for a bit? For me, had? yeah, like it was just novelty, new experience. Um, 
And the decision initially started off with me actually saying to my parents, um, I'm just going to defer one semester, okay? Give me give me one <laughs> semester off, okay? But it's not forever, it's one semester. And, and, you know, I obviously told them at the time that you know, I was working, the startup um, uh, had gotten into a really well-renowned, uh, globally recognized accelerator program. Yep. So the team had moved to San Francisco mm. and then I had gotten you know, landed this opportunity in Dubai. And so I saw it and, and the US. And so I kind of use that as bargaining chips to say, hey, <laughs> can I extend my, my I'm taking a semester <laughs> off already. I'm going to, I'm going to extend it. Yeah. Um, and so I saved, yeah, a bunch of money for that. And then, yeah, like when I, when I came back, I, I think the whole year, to be honest, I felt like um, for me, it was how can I build my network? How can I meet cool people overseas in different mm. countries? Like, and, and something I came back with after the US is you realize how small Australia is. Mm. You realize how many more opportunities there are overseas. There are, are incredibly gifted people um, and being able to just speak to them, being able to just see what they're doing. And they're people my age, if not younger as well. So it's inspiring yeah. um, and it opens up your world. And for me, I think I felt like that person. I never say, oh, go spend a gap year to find yourself. But genuinely, I just yeah. used that time period to to just open my worldview. And it was mm. amazing to see what was out there. Yeah. And, and like you clearly went against the grain, like you deferred uni um, and, and you just you know, you went overseas and, and had those experiences. Um, if, if there's someone who, you know, wants to do the same, but is sort of being like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, it's a lot of money. I don't know what to do. Like, what would your best advice sort of be? Oh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just do it. <laughs> do it. Um, I mean, there's no cost in delaying your degree. Um, yeah. My degree was meant to be a short three-year gig. That's clearly not the case. Turning <laughs> into, into four or five years. Um, but um the the reason for that is there is no need to have a clock saying you need to do x by this age you need to graduate you need to have a full-time job there is the biggest advantage at being at uni is you can play that card mm. of just i'm a naive uni student that just yeah. wants to learn right yeah. and it gives you an excuse to talk to so many people learn from the greatest minds ever but also it brings um forward like this, this focus not on earning money and not on stability, which mm. happens typically once you graduate, um, people move out, they, they start to need to pay rent or a mortgage. Um, during uni, it's just about learning. Yeah. It's, no one expects anything from you mm. except maybe to, to continue doing your degree. And so when you defer it, what you're doing is you're prioritizing um you know, unique learning experiences. Mm. The the typical course route through university isn't going to make you unique and different to however many people there are that are going through the exact same thing. Yeah, 100%. What, what you can leverage is the people that you meet, the experiences, the programs, the, the opportunities to go to university like I did and say, hey, give me money because I'm going to represent represent the university. <laughs> Um, you know, and, 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 and there you go. Like if you don't ask for it, you're not yeah. going to get it. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, I think I, I would absolutely say like, don't rush anything. Um, there is no need to graduate. Um, and, and what is the consequence, right. Of deferring a degree to invest in your own learning, 
um, and to use that as an opportunity to just, you know, absorb all of these great ideas. Um, so yeah, I think absolutely look at, you know, what is what is your goals? Like, mm. do you have a certain objective of, um, you know, I just want to explore different pathways and you don't yeah. get that opportunity mm. really when you graduate. Once you set in a pathway, it's very hard to change industries, change careers, yeah. change types of organizations. If you can explore early, if you can take those risks as well, um, then absolutely go yeah. for it. It's time to do it. Yeah. It's crazy that you say that because it resonates with, with me so much because for me, um, uni was very much just a three geek. Like I got in and got out. And what what I was doing when I was at uni was I was working part-time um, and then didn't give, a lot, give me a lot of opportunities. Um, and this was just like a, a part-time admin job as well. It wasn't anything that was sort of anywhere related with business. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't give me those opportunities to just explore and meet people, um, which is like if I had... If I was to go back to uni now um, mm. and do that whole experience again from like finishing high school to get into uni fresh, I would have taken it a lot slower. I would have just gone out and just done as much as I can in terms of like, doing opportunities and you know meeting people, joining societies, um, networking, and just going and putting myself out of there because I think that has that that has given me the most sort of the best sort of experiences in uni. Um, and I was talking to Aileen um, last night, actually, and mm. we were saying how um, that China trip where where basically I went to China with, I think, was it 12 or 14 other people who were not first years. Uh, the only first years were myself and Aileen. Um, they were all like in the second year, third year, or final year of uni. Um, they were doing like stuff like finance, like someone had started their own startup. And that sort of experience there, I honestly look back at it and say like, that was probably one of my best uni experiences just because of the people that I met. Um, doesn't really matter like what exactly I did um, because I can barely remember that at all anyway, but it's just the people that I met and the relationships that I've been, been able to build and um, still have today, which really, really bring a lot of value. And yeah, I completely agree with you. Like being in uni is one of the best opportunities to just like, just take advantage of and to do whatever you want, because there's no expectation for you to be, to get a job. You know, you don't have to make money. You don't have to do anything. Whereas me now I've finished uni. I'm in a full-time job. Um, sometimes to be honest, I actually feel stuck because I, I like, there's no, I guess like, you know, um, there's no backup. There's no like, oh, okay, I'm studying anyway, so it's fine. Um, yeah. so yeah, I really wish that I had sort of taken up those opportunities, but at the end of the day, um, that's past me. I can't do anything about that now, which is why at the moment, what I'm trying to do is just expand my experiences. And, um, for example, like, um, one of my ideas that I have for next year is to actually go and, um, work at Parisha for, the winter season um yeah so basically just those experiences of meeting people like it doesn't have to be in the business world but just being able to experience things differently Mm. um i have another idea which um i actually want to 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 talk to you later after this podcast (laughs) is to actually get um people from just different people that i know um to go skydiving together So it's those sort of experiences where it's like pushing people into like different ideas or like, and just being able to just live life and experience things without really caring about 
oh, I've got to pay off my mortgage. I've got to pay, you know, um, this off and that off. I've got to pay for rent and stuff. And just taking advantage of your youth and really just um, experiencing whatever there is out there. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely recommend whoever is young listening to this right now, just do everything that you can um, that's out there for you. Take every opportunity that comes your way um, and just, just explore because you've got nothing to lose. You've literally got nothing to lose. It's like 2019 seemed like it was super crazy. Like you went everywhere, you went around the world, you wanted these prizes. Um, and then after that, you mentioned before, like there was that whole, I guess you could say like a crash maybe, or mm. sort of like a, I mean, it, it was a low, it was a low light in your life. Um, what did you do to pick yourself up from that? Actually? What, what, what sort of, I guess, thoughts or, um, was it someone in particular who was like, Hey, like, wake the fuck up, like stop being so, so sad all the time. Um, you got so much potential or like, yeah. what was it like? I think it was honestly just um, putting myself back out there, um, spending time with friends. Cause what I, what I observed in myself was I had kind of isolated myself from my friends and mm. um, going out as well. Cause I just, I just did not have the energy or like will power to, to do that. Um, and so once I started to go through that and I think as well, time is a great healer. Um, and yeah. so it was, it was good because I started to, um, I, I read, I remember using that time to read a fair bit and that really helped actually. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, I think like once I started to look at, you know, why did I, why did I, you know, take this whole year off? Um, mm. And then what did I learn? Um, how grateful I am to to have such a unique experience. I think that's what really made me go, how can I, how can I, you know, have this low? I do not, I, I should not, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think people who are going through, I guess, low points in their life, like definitely don't discount it. And don't sort of be like, oh, you know, like I shouldn't be feeling like this or like mm -hmm. you, you, there's, you have every right to feel however you, you do. Um, I mean, coming from such a high to then, you know, being at home and like, you know, you got no job, you got no money, you had every right to feel that way. But I think the most important thing is to always keep in mind that, you know, new experiences will come and, and like you, you will always, um, be able to find, I guess, new people, new experiences, new opportunities. Um, and life doesn't just stop there. And a quote that I like to say is, um, you know, the sun continues to rise every day and so shall we, right? Because you can't just stop for a single, you know, one, one part of your life. And like, we're, we're both so young and, um, like life definitely won't stop at just, you know, 19, 20, 21. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so let's wrap this whole podcast up. I really want to talk about your your second podcast and then finish it off with just some of the challenges um, about, you know, being in the startup space, uh, being young, being female and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, tell me about your second startup. It's called um, Logic. Logic, yeah, yep. that's it. That's it. Yeah, so um, Logic was born out of, um, it, it, you know, initially started off with um, meeting my one of my co-founders, Brent, um, at in my first year when we were both in a pitch competition uh, for startups that our very first startups that we both were working on separately. Oh, I um, see. 
So talk about like connections and yeah. um, and just, you know, being able to meet people and all these sorts of things. Um, mm. And then when we went through the competition, you know, we, we never saw it as, oh, we're going to build a business from this. We're going to build like a startup. It was very much like we were passionate and we cared like heck about the mm. problem space, which was youth unemployment. Um, it wasn't until we got to London really that we started to take it a bit more seriously thinking, oh, <laughs> So many people believe in this idea. Like yeah. we were thinking more on a maybe smaller scale, but hey, we were going, people really, really dig this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we kept on going. And then that's when we started to evolve it and adapt and iterate and it turned into logic. And um, and basically the premise of it was being able to, you know, democratize access to opportunities um, when it comes to employment outcomes. So for people like yourself and, and, and mine, like, you know, Kelvin, you've you've accomplished many, many great things. Um, and then there's also other people though, however, that um, you know, they didn't necessarily come from the best of education background and on paper, they don't have much work experience, right? And so they don't look as great and they don't end up passing the initial recruitment tests. And so for us, we were like, how can we showcase their um, soft skills? How can we demonstrate their potential, their willingness to learn, their willingness to take initiative? Um, how do you quantify that, right? That's yeah. a tricky thing. It's mm. not like some tangible achievement or, um, you know, a specific piece of knowledge. So that was kind of the premise of it. And um, moving forward, you know, we had a lot of, we had garnered a lot of support, you know, we were, we were constantly trying to have new customer interviews. We were talking to all sorts of different stakeholders. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was a really, it was a really fantastic process overall. Um, I think I've missed, uh, <laughs> I might've missed the second part to your question. Um, <laughs> well, I wanted to talk more about, um, I guess, get some clarification about the actual uh, idea of it coming to life. Um, so it was initially just like an idea to take to a competition, right? And you just pitched it as an idea. It wasn't an actual fully fledged, I guess, startup at that time. Yeah. yeah. And so you took it, that, this was the idea that you took to like Dubai um, and to the US and London. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah awesome. Um, just about this startup itself though. So basically it came from this idea. You won a lot of prizes from it, I know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you won your regionals and you got to London and everything uh, and pitched it. Um, and then when you came back, you were like, this could work, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. And so basically in terms of starting this startup again, um, how, how, I guess, well did you do? Um, and I know that you've recently stopped it as well. Um, talk me through that sort of uh, process as well. Was it similar to what happened in your first startup or what happened mm. there? Uh, it was a different experience. It was very, very different. And I mean, it was similar in the sense that, again, there wasn't this expectation to start something for the purpose of business. It was to, it's almost like adopting a project mindset, right? And I honestly think it's the best way to, at this age at least, approach anything in just coming together with other cool, like awesome thinkers, right? Yep. That are willing to put in the time and effort to build something great um, and to solve a problem 
And um, that's what we tried to do. And going through the process, like for me, the motivation always, once again, is what can I learn from this experience? This is so unique. Um, and and it was interesting because my co-founder and I, you know, we, we come from non-technical backgrounds. He comes from law. I come from business. And, you know, we managed to build an application um, with no tech prior knowledge. And that's by being resourceful. Um, and so it was an incredible journey. I think... Um, you know, towards towards the end as well, it was a similar notion in the sense that um, for both my co-founder and I, we had landed opportunities that were um, extremely enticing. Um, and it was one of those things where it was like, we know that, that we're going to come together again at some point um, and build something great. Um, and then again, though, the opportunity cost was super duper high. Um, yeah. to say no to kind of the both of the opportunities that we had landed and bringing in, um, you know, a different type of experience. And what I had observed and, and what my co-founder observed in the startup is it's one of those things that are very hard to do, I think, if you're not fully committed. Um, and so when your mind is elsewhere, you know, the power of momentum really plays a role. And what you find is, you know, you go through these, periods of like you know absolute like killing it smashing it you've got all this momentum you're getting all these great like closings and stuff and mm -hmm. conversations happening with customers they're really happy trialing your product and stuff and then you know suddenly something comes up you, you know we're both studying as well at the same time still managing a part-time job um, and, and it stagnates you because you can't give it your 100 percent mm -hmm. um, and so it was a question of can we keep on going this is this the type of business that we want to grow where it's more of a leisure business no um and so that's uh kind of uh how it transitioned and i honestly still think it's one of the best it has been one of the best learning experiences because what that has led to is both myself and my co-founder you know being able to, to get to the next steps and it wouldn't have mm. happened without that as well mm. yeah and I think a lot of people, when they think of startups and businesses in general, is like uh, uh, the, the greatest barrier to entry is just the idea, right? People don't know how to come up with a good idea. Um, what would your advice sort of be in terms of trying to break into the startup space um, and having your own startup, I guess? Um, I know like for us, we both definitely agree that it should definitely be something that you're passionate about, something that you love and something that you commit to. Um, but the idea itself, um, how do you come up with it? Or what's your sort of, do you have any strategies? Do you have any sort of, what's your, I guess, ideation um, process like? Yeah, I'd actually argue that that idea, ideas, it's it's the first part, yes, but definitely not mm. the most important part. The hardest bit is um, absolutely keeping on going in the executionary side. And I think though, to, to come up with your initial idea, um, it's to actually just have conversations mm. with different types of people and to identify problems that's that's all it is I yeah. think is the biggest thing um you know it can come in different uh different ways like whether it be through your own personal experience there's a problem that you have strongly felt um yourself so you're almost like mm, someone yeah. that could be a potential customer of yeah. the, the type of product that you're trying to build or it might be someone close to you that's facing a particular problem um and and it's a matter of just continuing to talk to them to understand, you know, what are they doing to solve that? What are the pain points? Um, 
And it's once you identify the problem, which I believe is if, it, if it's in terms of coming up with the solution, I would say 90% about it is understanding the problem itself. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There's a very, very, um, you know, the solution part, I would say that it's more a matter of just alignment to the problem. If you haven't understood your problem, if you haven't understood, you know, your customers' needs and stuff, you're not going to be able to deliver value. You're going to, sure, you can build a fantastic product, whether or not it's actually going to be useful and add value to the customer's mm. particular like life and, and yeah. specific problem they're trying to solve is a whole different story. Um, so yeah, I think all great things come together to distill it down. Great people around you, they become your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking to those around you um, or thinking about, you know, your own experiences, what are some particular pain points or problems that you've seen? What are you frustrated about in this world? Is there yeah. a particular issue, right? And mm-hmm. and sure, that could be super high level. Like maybe it's a really big social issue. Um, and then going through that process of breaking it down, like to, to the very, very nitty gritty details and being able to, you know, engage all these different stakeholders that come with different perspectives on that specific problem, I think, is how you end up coming up with something. Yeah. Um, I, I think you sent me a link this one time when I was talking to you about startups. It was, uh, I think it was videos um, to watch YC. Um, yes, YC Startup School. Did you send me that? Was that you? <laughs> that might have been me yes <laughs> yeah and like what you say is basically like textbook what they say um mm-hmm. like start with your problem really understand what the problem is and what you're what you're trying to face and what 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 the issues are what the pain points are and yeah. then go from there um what you said about like the execution and stuff being more important than the idea i actually do see um importance for that and significance in that um, your idea will always change, I guess. Like you can always start with an idea, but as you understand that problem more and you you talk to more people, like you said, like you'll be able to develop a much better solution to what you may have started with originally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess having that open mindset and learning mindset and curious mindset um, mm-hmm. to be able to go, oh shit, like maybe this will work better or maybe that'll work better um, mm-hmm. is really important as well when you're in a business, right? Yeah, 100%. And not being too attached to that idea as well. Yeah. And, and, adapt. yeah. Yeah. And that comes back to that conversation about like logic versus emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So let's wrap this up. I want to talk about a few challenges that you may have faced. Um, I know that the startup world isn't pretty sometimes. Um, mm. Yourself as a female and also being very young, did you have any sort of experiences which weren't as, I guess, glamorous or pretty or what, what what was some sort of things that made you like oh shit like this is this is the real world um mm. there are people out there who might be a bit bitter or petty um mm. did you go through any sort of experiences and and stuff like that yeah like i think i generally have been very very fortunate where i've had a really good run um there have absolutely been no, those moments and those times where um i i think there's a few things right the first thing i would say for me, the biggest thing was the whole, the whole mindset of, you know, am I good enough or is what I'm doing the the right thing? You know, why aren't I seeing results and stuff like that? Um, and then comparing yourself to other people um, and then almost feeling like 
you know, hey, when you look at, when you compare yourself to, to other people that are your age, if not younger, I know that's yeah. bad saying it as what, 21 year old, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it makes you go, wow, like, am I on the right pathway, especially when your friends are off earning what six figure salaries, one or two years out of university, and you're mm. still there going, you know, having to, to, explain to people um who don't understand what you're doing yeah. and they're going and they're questioning that right um so that becomes hard the the second thing i think is being young um you absolutely do get times where you meet people where they don't take you as seriously or they're very very condescending and they question your abilities i think nowadays it is much better and at the end of the day you don't want to deal with people that are like that. Yeah. Um, you don't want to surround irrespective of if they're an investor, if they're cut at the end of the day, you've got to look after your, yourself. Mm. Um, and if you don't feel comfortable, then um, communicate that with um, who you can. And I was really lucky where, you know, in certain situations, it could be something as simple as uh, I remember my, my wonderful, wonderful co-founder of logic. So there were multiple occasions where, you know, especially as a female too, yeah, you're not you're not taken seriously, um, and that can be taken out of context. And obviously, when you know you go off into the world of being an adult, you face situations where um, you know it, it's not just about business, mm. right? And it gets taken out of that into a more personal context that's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and I was really lucky where my co-founder and both for my first up as well were like male, and so they would kind of observe these situations, being like, "Hold up, this is this is weird. This isn't right." Mm. And I would talk to them about what happened, and then the next time that happens, you know, they would actually be able to identify it and and kind of go take a step back to end that conversation yep. or to segue away from it. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's these things happen all the time. Um, and there's a lot of hush hush, but you just need to have the right support networks and you have to go in with, you know, I hate to say it, but you can't be naive. Right. Um, and this is, this is what happens and you need to stand your ground and you need to set those boundaries. Mm. Um, and yeah, like, I think at the end of the day, you know, as long as you know, your self-worth, um, and you have the right support people around you, it, it doesn't matter because when you talk to other people as well that have gone through similar experiences and stuff, um, you realize that it's everywhere. And yeah. the only thing you can control is how you respond to those situations and mm. building your own strength up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was I was very fortunate to have like good yeah. people around me. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. And thank you so much for actually talking about this topic because I know it's very, very sensitive and um and for me, the way I see it is like everyone should just be treated as equal and no one should be taken advantage of. But unfortunately, not everyone has that same sort of idea. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you actually opening up and, t and talking about this because I definitely feel like it should be talked about more, um, especially, you know, women in, in business and, you know, people taking advantage of the fact that they might be young or um, think that they're naive. Like people aren't as stupid as, as they, they th you think they are. Um, and yeah. people can really tell like what your intentions are. Um, yeah. so I definitely think that it's really important to, to speak out on this when we have the chance to, and you're hundred percent right. Like at the end of the day, it's very, very hard to change people, especially if they're treating, treating other people like that in a way where, you know, they may be arrogant or, you know, yeah. trying to take advantage of people because of the person they are. Um, but we can definitely control what we can 
how how we react to situations like those and mm-hmm. really just you know build that strength in ourselves to be like hey this shit ain't right i'm gonna yeah. take, pull, take it step back. pull it out yeah 100 you know? yeah. to be like hey yeah. what the fuck's going on here like <laughs> yeah don't. yeah so i definitely think that it takes a lot of courage to do that though um and yeah i respect i respect that a lot yeah yeah absolutely absolutely you can't you can't be passive i think like once you you are bold in and that doesn't mean being the loudest in the room being bold means you're set in your your belief and your values Mm. and you know making sure others know that boundary so they Mm. don't cross it so Yeah. (laughs) yeah awesome good on you um awesome is there anything else that you wanted to mention or discuss um we went through a lot um tonight uh this will be quite a long episode (laughs) um but yeah i think we went through a lot that that had little little gold nuggets i like to say in our conversation um but yeah is there anything else that you wanted to to bring up or like any experiences that you want to share um any words of advice or anything like that yeah honestly i mean just just as an extension on like challenges as well like i think for me even right now i i am still going through so many Um, you know, challenges and in some sense, imposter syndrome, right? It's a big one. Um, But I think, you know, you realize the more and more you talk to other people, you're all kind of in the same experiences. You're all still thinking the same things. You know, I have colleagues that are in their 30s and and they they share the same, you know, thoughts and and doubts as me. And I'm like, but but look at you, you're a manager, right? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. I think... Um, um yeah, not a lot of people know what the fuck they're doing in life, to be honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of people, even for me, like, people talk to me and they're like, oh, my God, like, you've got your life set out. And I'm like, dude, I really do not, man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm figuring shit out as I go, man. Yeah, whatever yeah. works, works. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people have this idea where, like, oh, these, all these people have, like, their whole life set up. Like, mm. you know, they're doing this and they're, like, really clear vision of this. Um, mm. Especially people who are, like, going into uni. Um, people yeah. who are high school students going to uni, I, I, f- I definitely feel like I had that pressure. I was like, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to know what business I'm going to start. Um, if I'd been, like, if I told my younger self who was in year 12 going to uni that I'd become, like, a personal trainer and a coach from your podcast, um, I'd be like, what the fuck? What's this guy doing? <laughs> um, but I really think that, yeah, people are too hard on themselves and trying to, like, figure things out and trying to, like, know where they're going. Um, mm. because to be honest, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. sort of lost and, and it's fine to be lost because that's when you're able to be curious and actually meet people and, you know, yeah. take up experiences and just do shit where you get to learn more about yourself. You get to learn more about the world. And the more you learn about the world and about yourself, the more you identify problems that you could potentially solve or just, just know more about, you know, how the mm. world works so that you can take those experiences and apply it to your business or just to work or yeah. you know, how, how, how you treat yourself or treat other people. Um, yeah. so yeah. Oh, absolutely. Let's go. Wise, wise words to end it, Kelvin. Yeah, my wise, my wise <laughs> words or my wise phrase is no one has, like, what, what did I say just then? Um, oh, fuck, what did I just say? Um, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> the worst memory. <laughs> um, I think I said no one has a fucking, yeah, no one has a fucking idea what they're doing. Oh, what they're so, doing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my, that's my wise um, word, wise quote of the day today. Um, wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Plaster wow. that on a wall. Just, just plaster <laughs> that on the wall. No, but, um, thank you so much, Lisa, for, for sitting down and having this chat with me. Um, feel free to, to 
say anything else or plug anything that you're doing, like social media or anything or follow you or whatever, um, this is your time. Yeah, I mean, we're like, if anyone is keen to have a chat and stuff about literally anything whatsoever, um, anyone can just buzz me on LinkedIn or Twitter as well. I, I would highly recommend people if you want to check out like Startup World, Tech Twitter is absolutely a thing. You'd be surprised how many golden nuggets are on that platform. Um, aside from controversial political uh, <laughs> interesting statements. Um, but yeah, like please like, like reach out anytime. I'm always keen to just like meet, have these like random conversations as well. Yeah. So is your Twitter, uh, Elisa Lillycrap as well? Yeah, at Elisa Lillycrap and then same as LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. I could imagine not a lot of people would have the same name. No, it comes in handy to have a <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down. I really appreciate your time and all, all the sort of thoughts and ideas and, and being vulnerable and just talking about your experiences and showing raw emotion. Um, I definitely think that it, it's really valuable for people to to see that, especially in someone who's, you know, been there, done that, you know, you've had your own startups and you're working for Microsoft now. Um, not everything is is lights and glamour and, and winning awards. Um, no. A lot yeah. of it is often sometimes being alone and feeling quite lonely. Mm. Um, and it's, it's completely fine to feel like that because at the end of the day, it just gives us time to reflect and to think of, think about what we're doing and who we are as a person. Um, and it's just a whole journey of growth. And the more you grow, the more you learn, the more you learn, the more you win. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, as, as Elisa said, feel free to, you know, send her a tweet or message her on Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, you can find me. I'm on, I'm on Instagram at kelvintran.fitness. You can also find Daily Hustle and, um, some of our merch at dailyhustle.apparel. Feel free to um, visit our website, daily-hustle.co. Other than that, that's it. Thanks, Calvin. Thank you so much.